0: The Detroit Tigers make another minor league signing, so we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about the trade value of some of the players on this roster. You know, looking at this offseason, most of the moves they've made, the big moves, the big splashes, have been via trade. So we're going to talk about the tradability of the remainder of this 40-man roster all today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Friday, January 20th, 2023. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. All right, so as we said in the cold open, we're going to start the show with breaking down a minor league signing. This actually happened, I want to say a week ago, but just based on other stuff that's happened, we haven't had time to talk about it. So we're going to talk about it today. Just another reliever that is being added to the mix. I think the bullpen is going to be a super – intriguing storyline to follow during spring ball and going into uh, the beginning of the season so we'll talk about that and then we're going to spend the rest of the show talking about the trade value of players on this team like the players that pop off the page of you as as having the most trade value whether it's now or whether it's at the deadline I'm still like mildly convinced that the Tigers are going to make one more trade between now and when spring ball starts um, and on top of that th- like they're definitely going to make trades at the deadline it's most likely going to be in sell mode but like it's th- it's going to happen so uh i i just want to go over you know as we slowly start putting the offseason behind us and start discussing you know the plans for 2023 and the season that is ahead i want to talk about the players that have the Biggest trade value left on this team because I don't think it's just like Eron and then like nobody, but I also understand that bad teams don't have a lot of players with trade value. So we're going to talk about that as well. That's going to be a majority of the show. But let's start off with the newest edition of the Detroit Tigers. I, like I said, I want to say it was about a week ago, uh, about a week ago. Trey Winginter. Okay. There you go. If it's wrong, I'm sorry, but that's the name. Uh, This, you know what? This is a, a, for a minor league signing, this one is kind of intriguing. I know I I probably say that about all of them, to be honest. So I apologize for that. But uh, this is a, a dude who put up a really solid 2019 season and just like hasn't pitched since. So You're kind of taking a flyer on a pitcher who, and it wasn't a huge sample size necessarily in 2019 either. But again, for a minor league deal with an invite to spring training, I mean, why not? Right. So in 2019, Trey Winginter, I I, Winginter, Winginter, Winginter sounds like it's probably makes more sense. Um, In 2019, for the San Diego Padres, 19 innings, 379 ERA. And a 12.79 K per nine, paired with a 5.21 walk per nine. So, struck out a lot of hitters, had a pretty solid ERA. Walk number was a little high for sure. Um, but I mean, a lot of his value just came on getting the strikeout in 2019 for the Padres. And yeah, like that, that's a really solid season, really a two pitch mix, just fastball slider. It's all you really need out of the pen, especially when your fastball is one of the fastest in the league, which in 2019 it was. Now the reason he hasn't pitched since 2019 is because he had Tommy John during 2020, then 2021 happened, still recovering from Tommy John, then had a back injury that took him out from like the end of his Tommy John stint to where we are now. So, just a lot of injuries stacking up, a lot of long-term injuries stacking up for him, and and that's why he has. I think he has three professional innings, and they're like in the complex league, like since 2020. So definitely makes sense that it's a minor league deal with an invite to spring ball. But I'm pretty intrigued, honestly. It, well, well, the biggest thing with him is just going to be how fast is the fastball, right? I mean, again, this this was a dude that it was a. – we'll talk about the percentile rankings. He was, like, legit, like, really legit in 2019. Uh, but that is because his average fastball velocity was over 96, a little over 96 miles an hour, like, was really solid. And uh, through a slider as well that was in the mid and even high 80s at times. So definitely going to be the biggest thing to look at in the spring. And if the velocity's back – I mean, look – this bullpen is so, it's just in this weird state of flux where they've gotten rid of so many of the top end relievers that the guys that were, the few that are left that were from the top end are obviously going to stay at the top. Alex Lang, Jason Foley, a little bit. Um, but everybody else is, is had a much lesser role last season and it is going to like bump up. And then you just have the bottom of the bullpen, which is just like vacant for the time being, right? It's it's pretty much unfilled. And there are a ton of these type of signings. We've made a ton of moves, whether it's through the waivers, whether it's it's again through minor league signings like this with invites to spring ball. There's a lot of players that are gonna be in the mix for I, I don't I, I could see two, maybe even three bullpen roster spots being open going into spring ball and like players just playing their way onto the opening day roster out of the pen. And, and so th- like, those are fun, like competitions like that are fun. I think third base is going to be pretty similar as well. Um, but that's not as much like if you don't make the team, you're going to be, you know, in the minors or might not be with the organization more so. Uh, but regardless, I, I think the bullpen storyline in spring is going to be one of the bigger ones um, with Trey. 87th percentile in fastball velocity, 96th percentile in extension. Extension, just extension from the mound right in his windup. The reason for that is because he is six foot seven and 240 pounds. He is a unit out there, right? So that's kind of, I mean, anything that can help. And that certainly does. When you're already throwing the ball fast, if you're cutting the distance from pitcher's mound to home plate, as well as throwing it 96 miles an hour, it's going to be tough to hit. Um, so, so that's kind of cool for sure. It's 92nd percentile and expected batting average against 92nd percentile and expected slugging against 91st percentile and K percentage 96th percentile in whiff percentage 46th percentile middle of the pack in chase rate 47th percentile and barrel rate 52nd in hard hit rate, uh, middle of the pack and average exit V low. So, uh, like got barreled up a little bit more, but not any more or less than the average pitcher. The only thing that really jumps out at you is, is two things. One, the fastball spin is really low. I know there are some people out there that spin matters a lot to them, especially with the fastball. Um, Look, I mean, if you're throwing it hard, I think you can get away with it. Again, the biggest thing going into spring for his future with this team is going to be where the velocity sits at after having pitched three innings in the last like three years, almost Right uh but he did walk a, a lot of hitters and pretty much always has had pretty high walk numbers so that's going to be something to keep an eye on for sure and that's going to be again one of the the bigger reasons why he will or won't be a part of this team in 2023 at the major league level it's pretty much going to come down to velo and then command that sounds super captain obviously it's going to come down to how hard he throws and how accurate he throws you could say that about any pitcher I realize that but um like my, my point is he does have or at least did pre-injury really good swing and miss stuff top 10 percent in strikeouts top 4 percent in swing and misses like and again nineteen twenty innings that's not exactly a tiny sample size either so uh out of the bullpen right so yeah i I think that this is definitely someone worth taking a flyer on again. if it doesn't work out it's a minor league deal. you count your losses and and you move on and somebody else takes the position it''s It's, it's a position that has to be earned if he wants to you know hop on the forty man or even make the team out of camp so uh not not too worried about the ramifications of it uh, again, if you're mad about this deal, no you're not <laughs> no you're not you're not mad at minor league deals you're mad at the fact that there's no big splashes. Okay, let's talk about the potential of some future big splashes. Okay, let's talk about the – this is really the the bulk of the show and what I really want to talk about on this beautiful Friday. I'm recording this on Thursday night. I don't know if it's a beautiful Friday. I hope it is. We, we haven't seen the sun much lately, so I'd really like it to, to not have it be dark and cloudy. So we will get to the trade value of the uh, I, I want to go through most of the 40 man. You know, I'm not going to go through every single player, but anybody on the 40 man is fair game. I just want to talk about the players that I think have either the most trade value right now or the most potential trade value down the road. OK, we'll do that right after I tell you all about our friends over at Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories, you have to try Built Bar. We just got through the holiday season. I know my goal this year is to eat a little bit healthier. If you're like me, you want to eat healthier, but you don't want to compromise taste. If you're like that, I have the perfect thing for you, and it is Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. What makes them so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. I don't know how they do it, man. But they do. They come in unbelievable flavors. Peanut butter, brownie, coconut, almond, churro. The churro one is unbelievable. I'm not sure how they do it. I'm really not. But they have 130 calories. That's it. Four grams of sugar and a whopping 17 grams of protein in a delicious candy bar-like taste. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. You also now don't have to wait to get a box. You can still order online, but you don't have to. You can go to your local Walmart, get a four-bar box, cookies and cream, double chocolate, coconut puffs, or you can go to your local Sam's Club. If you remember there, grab a 13-bar box, brownie batter, churro again. You'll thank me later. So you can order online, or you can now run to Walmart or Sam's Club and get your build bars today. All right, everybody, welcome back. Segment two here, Locked On Tigers. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. For your next listen, check on the Locked On MLB Prospects podcast. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia. He's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Okay, I've been debating in my head if I want to start with the pitching or the hitting. Uh, because there are, one is way longer than the other. Um, I think let's do hitting first and see how much time the bats take. And then we'll get to the pitching. There there are a lot more potential. There is a lot more potential for trade value in the pitching side of things for this team than the hitting side. I don't think that's a secret. I think that everyone is well aware of that fact. Um, so let, let's start with the hitting. We'll get that kind of out of the way, I guess we'll say, um, Jonathan Scope uh, is the easiest one. I can pretty much promise you he will not be on this team on August 1st. I can merely guarantee it. Uh, whether that means that he struggled again or whether he rebounded and had a pretty solid year, it does not matter to me. I don't see any scenario in which he finishes game 182 on this baseball team. If he struggles, they're going to DFA him. They will. This is the last year of his deal. It's not a ton of money tied up in him. Uh, I, I think if he struggles again, especially if he struggles as bad as he did last year, they're just going to count their losses, uh, chalk it up, you know, bad contract extension. And they are going to to DFA him in the middle of the season. And then you'll have some, you know, Mayton will get more looks at second. Javi's obviously going to be the shortstop every day. And then you cried at third. Maybe they switch those two. Veerling is going to get some looks at third, apparently like you, you'll, you'll see a lot of, of lineup changing regardless of scopes uh, status on this team, to be honest with you. So if he leaves, it's only going to lead to more, but yeah, if if he struggles again, he's going to get DFA. would And if he does really well, then he's going to get traded because it's a expiring deal and they're not going to extend him. Like they won't, it doesn't matter how good he does. They're, they're, they're not extending him. So Uh, Yeah, uh, scope is the easiest one to me, maybe on the entire team as far as like predicting the future. Not necessarily will he get traded or will he won't get traded or will he won't? Will he not get traded or necessarily predicting how his exact trade value, I guess, is maybe not what I'm trying to say. But again, I I can promise you he almost promise you. Gonna give myself a little bit of a buffer, but I can almost promise you he's not finishing this season on this baseball team. So that that's an easy one to start with. After that, there's really only two more conversations to have. One is Javi Baez, and that's not even because I think this is possible. I I only bring him up because everyone really wants it to be possible, and it's not. There is a a long shot. Okay. I'm not gonna pretend like it's impossible there There is a long shot. There is a, a slim chance. But as it stands right now, it's not happening before the season starts. I can almost promise you that. And deadline is like your 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 best hope. That's if you really want that to happen, I know a lot of people do. That's like your best shot is that he just tears the cover off the ball for the first half of the season and gets dealt at the deadline because people think he's going to opt out this season, at the end of the season. That That's really the only shot you have. He's not getting traded between now and opening day. And, I, I mean, I don't think he's getting traded, period. I, I think he's going to be on this team for the foreseeable future. I, I don't really think he's going to opt out either, as it stands right now. I know that the shortstop market, shortstops got paid pretty well, uh, but his contract is not small. Like This isn't E-Rod, where the the new market for shortstops is, you know, $10 million a year higher than what he signed for just a season ago. Like it, 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 he get around the same that he got already. I feel like, uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't see him opting out. I don't see him getting traded, but I know that's like the big talk. Everybody is trying to find some sort of reality in which Javi can get traded. And that does exist, but just not very many realities. Yeah. Okay, cool. This one, the the final one, the, the only other real, real conversation on the offensive side of the ball for potential trade candidates in my eyes is Austin Meadows. And I think that this is one that's not being talked about nearly enough. I think that this is a legit possibility and I'm not sure it's a legit possibility at the present moment that that would have to be a situation where another team would come along and and really just match your demands, like almost exactly. And then you'd be like, all right, well, there's no point holding out to see if he has a good start to the season or whatnot, because we got what we wanted. And this is best case scenario that I I guess there is a slim chance of that, but I really think that this is a trade deadline deal. And like, I'm very confident in it, assuming health. That's the biggest thing with him at this point. If he stays on the field, and it hits how he has, I don't know, his entire career outside of the couple of weeks he played last season, then I, I think he is a slam dunk deadline candidate because he's got, at the deadline, he will have a year and a half of control. And we all know that if you have the more control, the more valuable, and a year and a half of control is significantly more valuable in the trade market than half a year of control, than those expiring deals, right? Like Jonathan Scope, even if he's tearing the cover off the ball is probably not going to get you too terribly much at the deadline, even though they probably will trade him because there's no point holding on to him. Meadows with a year and a half and with just, just being a hit first, you know, the national league has the DH now, like there's, there's a market for below average defenders that hit and it's much bigger than it's ever been. So Uh, I I think if he even shows any semblance of the former hitter that he has been in his career and just stays healthy, I I really do think it's a slam dunk, like so such an easy decision to trade him at the deadline this season. Um, As as far as the remainder of the offseason, like leading up to opening day, I think there's still too many question marks about his health and about The fact that even when he was on the field last year, he wasn't his normal self. So uh, I think that that would be a hard bargain. Again, somebody would just really have to want to kind of get in there before he played because they go, oh, his value is only going to go up. Like there is a chance, but it's just not a very big one. I I think that Austin Meadows is is, is the poster child for getting traded at the deadline this year. Okay. And I know we're already talking about selling and the season hasn't even started yet. And that's going to make people upset. And that's fine, but like I don't know what to tell you. Like the, the like it's <laughs> look at the roster. Like this team is not gonna is not gonna go out there and 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 be super competitive in the second half of the season or around the trade deadline. And and it, it was never going to be. The the previous regime left the new regime with absolutely nothing. So that, that that's where we are. So we might as well talk about it and talk about how we can get better from here and start game planning. All right. So that's it for the offense. Let's talk about the pitching. There's a lot more conversations involving the pitching and and who's valuable on that side of the ball. We'll do that right after this. All right, everybody, welcome back. Third and final segment here, Locked on Tigers. So talking about the trade value of just the the players that I think have the most trade value or maybe – are the, I don't even want to say most likely to get traded because, like, not all these dudes are getting moved. Like, it's not happening. I'm just, everybody who I'm not talking about on this episode, I think pretty much there's no chance they get traded. I guess you can interpret it that way. And we might do, like, a quick hitting, you know, just quick run-through of the entire 40-man at the end of the show just so I can clarify that. But these are the only players that I think have any remote chance of getting moved from now until the trade deadline. Okay? Okay. I guess we can lead off with Erod. I was debating on saving him for last, potentially, but th- this is the most likely one. Th- this is, uh, at this point, I, again, in the same breath as some other people we've talked about, I would be shocked if Eduardo Rodriguez, again, stayed on the field and was on this team after the trade deadline. I would be pretty surprised. And Erod is a little different than Austin Meadows in the sense that I think e has value today. Uh, Meadows is somebody who might have to play his value back, right? He might have to to work his way back up and and regain the trust of some evaluators and front offices. And while Erod didn't play very much either last year, his was not just like a million injuries based like Meadows was. Erod's was a fluke thing that's not going to happen like ever again, right? So I think that – and Erod was solid – and about what you're paying him production-wise when he was on the field. It wasn't like Erod was a garbage can what when he was pitching and then just was missing for three months. Like, he was missing for three months. That did happen, but he, he was at least of market value or of the contract value, I should say, if not better, when he was on the bump. So uh, that is... Like, he's going to opt out, and that's why everyone's talking about trading him, and that's why it makes a ton of sense, and that's why I, I think it not only does happen, but it kind of has to happen because he's going to opt out. <laughs> like, that that's really all there is to it. He hasn't opted out at the end of the season. He's only getting paid 14 mil AAV, 14, 16 mil AAV, and the market for pitchers just skyrocketed AAV-wise this season, this offseason, this winter. Like, he, he's going to opt out. And all he really has to do is just stay healthy and stay on the field. And he's going to be able to get more money uh, per season than he did last year. So I, I think that that really is a slam dunk. And I think that's a potential, you know, could happen between now and opening day rather than just like wait until the season starts. Now, there is still an argument for. Let's wait until the season starts. Let's let see him stay on the baseball field and pitch well, and then move him at the deadline. And that's totally fair. But half a year is less valuable than a full year. And that same risk you're talking about with let him stay on the field so that he can raise his value. There's also a risk that he. I'm not really too worried about Erod just like blowing up and being terrible. But like there's always injury risk with pitchers way more than hitters and uh, you're you're running the opposite risk as well right of of potentially tanking value and again the longer you wait once the season starts the less value valuable they become just because of how much you're trading away so that, that's one where I, I could really see Erod getting moved sooner rather than later, but it also wouldn't shock me if they waited until the deadline too. And that same breath, that, that's not like a, they must trade him now or else he's going to have no value thing either. Um, you, you, you can get a good return from him if he has a good first half of the season and you wait until July 31st, but um, just one where it, it could really go either way for me. Next up, uh, let's, talk about the bullpen really quickly we can kind of get that one out of the way uh the only two relievers really with any value left because we've traded all the other ones away are alex lang and jason foley alex lang is one where you could if you really wanted to you could trade him now i know that i said in the gregory soto episode and since then uh that Good bullpens on bad teams are pointless. Like there, there's no point. You can have the best bullpen ever. It doesn't matter if you don't have consistent starters and you can't score runs. So uh, I, I understand the concept of trading your relievers. But that being said, Lang has like what four years of team control left? Five, four, five, four, four or five years of control left, man. Like that. That's not one where it's you know Soto. It was what at like two. Jimenez was an expiring deal. Like, Jimenez is a free agent after this upcoming season. Like, there's something to be said for, okay, maybe though Lang will still be under team control when this team is potentially turning a corner as well. And the difference between four years of control and three and a half years of control, or five and four and a half, I can't remember how much control he has off the top of my head, is not as substantial as, like, the difference between a year and a half and half a year, right? So that one, if you really were like, okay, yeah, it makes sense to trade Lang. This is a dumpster fire. You could trade him at the season, at the halfway mark in the season, and it wouldn't alter his value too much. I would prefer just to hold on to Lang for the foreseeable future, but that's obviously subject to change, seeing the the situation of the team change, I guess, throughout the year. And Foley is the same, just like watered down a little bit. It's the same exact conversation. It's just – Jason Foley is more of a pitch to contact ground ball pitcher, whereas Alex Lang is gonna, you know, hopefully have a 30% K rate this year. So that that similar conversation. You have a lot of control left with with Foley as well. Um and yeah, so I, I think if those two were to be moved, those would be deadline or I mean even at the end of this season, right? Like I, I don't see that happening in the next two months, I guess is my point. That I, I would be very, very shocked if either of those dudes were moved anytime soon i think that's a a a kick the can down the road and have that conversation later uh for those two guys okay the the rest are all starting pitchers so actually that's a lie jose cisnero really quickly then all the rest are starting pitchers i think this is another poster child for a deadline deal uh jose cisnero is is not getting any younger he's been one of the better relievers outside of 2022 he's been one of the better relievers for you for the last three years nothing but respect, a rare good finding by the previous front office. Love the dude. Um, But he's about to be in his, like, early, mid-30. Like, he's on the wrong side of 30. He's only getting older. He had a pretty serious enough injuries last year where he missed, like, a majority of the season. And then when he came back, it was – like his walk numbers just skyrocketed. I know his ERA was low. And if you watched during the season, you had you heard me have that conversation a million times. And it was just like, this is so weird. He's not giving up runs, but he's walking everyone. And so I I just, I don't see anybody before the season starts taking a chance on Cisnero. But I do think that he's going to be another dude that could be, uh, if he has a good first half, could be a relatively hot commodity. At the trade deadline. Okay, now let's get into the starters. Matt Boyd and Michael Lorenzen, I think, are in the same conversation. It's absolutely not happening before the season starts. They're not going to sign someone and then trade them before opening day. Both of them, their value at the trade deadline will be completely reliant on their performance. Because they're one-year deals, right? So, if the two of them are doing well, then you could see them, especially Boyd, like lefty pitchers always have a market no matter what, Um, especially if if he's comfortable moving to the bullpen maybe for a contender. So uh, that could absolutely be a, a guy that plays his way into having more and more value as the season goes on. Lorenzen has bullpen experience in his career as well. That's another deadline possibility, but The two of them, it it doesn't really have anything to do with how you view them right now. It is going to be 100% because that's how one-year deals work, right? These guys haven't been, well, I can't say that really about Boyd, but they weren't Tigers last year. They came in, they signed them to one-year deals. Their value at the deadline is going to be 100% reliant on how well they do leading up to the deadline. So not really a conversation right now. The only other two I want to talk about Uh, One is four that I'm just are all in the same boat to me. And, you know, if you listen to the show who I'm talking about, Brisky, and Wentz, and kind of Garrett Hill-ish as well, even though I think Hill is kind of a, a step down from the other three. Depth pitching always has a chance to be moved. Like these guys are young. They are controllable. They have shown flashes of decent production. Um, so like there's always a chance that any of those four dudes could get moved. And again, that's not to say they all have the exact same value, but they're all kind of in that same camp of, of, of that I just laid out. I'm not going to repeat myself, I guess. Uh, but I also think that there is, they may have to perform and outplay just like the depth pitcher label. Does that make sense? So, like, uh, th- they certainly have a little bit of value now, just for all those reasons I laid out. But I-, I also think that for them to have enough value to really consider moving them, I think you might have to have them pitch enough to be labeled as more than just depth pitching and be like, okay, Alex Fiedo or Bo Brisky or Joey Wentz or whatever. Like, this guy is an actual back end of the rotation caliber starter. Now you have a dude with four and a half years, five years of team control left that teams view at as as a potential you know, back end of the rotation arm and has put up production in his last whatever year and a half, whatever. So I think that they're all kind of in the same category. If they were traded before the season started, I think it would be for a similar caliber bat. Uh, but I think that they might all be kind of in the same group of just like teams might just want to see them perform more and take another step forward before they become like actual tradable assets, but again pitch pitching depth, starting pitching depth especially is always 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 something that you can probably work a trade with and always has value. so keep that kind of in the back of your head, but i, I wouldn't I wouldn't count on it before the season started, and the last one is like the super. I think I actually wrote in my show notes the super extreme mega dark horse, okay? I don't think that this is going to happen. I'm ending the show with this. Actually, no, there's one more reliever I forgot. (laughs) Matt Manning, like, total long shot. Again, I don't think that this is happening. I'm not saying that, like, this... Like, Matt Manning needs to get traded. I'm not saying Matt Manning is going to get traded. But I think like my super dark horse, just because if you could find a team that looked at Manning in the light of, oh, former top prospect, good intangibles, some stuff to work with here, a decent curve ball has shown decent velocity at times, even though it's been inconsistent. Maybe we do like another young, we give you back another young hitter, that maybe has not lived up to their expectations yet, and you give us Matt Manning, and we'll both try and and get the most out of them, or get what was the, help them reach the ceiling that was initially thought of, and we go on our separate ways. I think that that's somewhat possible. Now it's not going to happen again because I think the Tigers want to see Manning through, but also I think more importantly, Manning just hasn't stayed healthy enough for another team to want to take that risk and even when he has been healthy hasn't gone on too many significant stretches of time where he has produced so uh, too many red flags for other teams Uh, for the millionth time I don't think this is going to happen just because I can already see people going this is ridiculous Matt." man he's not going to get traded I agree with you again he's my super extreme mega dark horse okay Uh, And the last one that I forgot earlier is Will Vest. I think that he's another trade deadline candidate. He has a lot of team control as well. Former Rule 5 pick for Seattle. They let him go, so he came back to the Tigers. Uh, He he has a ton of control under his belt as well, so they don't have to. um, But if he has a really good first half of the season, that could be somebody that they try to utilize – you know, the, the most value out of would be to trade him when he has the most control under his belt. So, may, or, you know, you could hold on to him too. Not saying that that one's a guarantee, but just somebody else that I had written down here. Okay, those are the ones that I wanted to talk about. If there's somebody that you're thinking like, oh, why didn't he talk about them? It's because I don't think they have any trade value or I just don't think they're going to get traded. I'm going through the four, entire 40 man one more time just to see. And I think I kind of killed it. No, I'm kidding. Uh, But I, I, yeah, I don't don't see anyone else that really, uh, we're still, I think, a while from having like an Eric Haas conversation. I think he's here for the foreseeable future. And like all the the hitters are like either had really bad years last year or have a ton of control and or both and just like don't have any trade value. So I think that's pretty much it. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check on the Lockdown MLB Prospects Podcast. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB Stars of Tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. I appreciate y'all so very much. Uh, We're going to do a mailbag show on Monday. So we're going to answer any questions concerns etc you have about me you have about the show most of them i'd imagine are going to be about the detroit tigers that is obviously the point um season questions 2023 questions individual player questions anything you got uh we are going to be having a mailbag so be sure to i'm going to tweet out on the locked on tigers twitter which is at locked on tigers um on twitter and and we're gonna tweet out like a hey reply to this tweet with your questions for monday you'll have the whole weekend to do it you can also if you're watching on youtube put your questions in the comment section of youtube and i will use those as well you can also dm me or the show if you don't want them to be public uh you can tweet them at me just like at my personal account at bentley scotty um yeah yeah there you go so mailbag on monday okay Peace and love going to therapy's dope. I appreciate all y'all and we'll catch y'all on Monday with a mailbag, baby. Go Tigers.